some levels set. Charles, let's turn you on. How about that? Wow. Okay. Was, oh, yeah. There we go. Coming in hot there for that a minute. That looks pretty good. I think it looks pretty good. Look at it. it. Looks, we haven't, I, we haven't I, lost a muscle memory. Oh, those are nice shoes. Thank you. They're new. Are they waterproof? Basically, so the world that I want to live in, everything I, I do, like I can just walk to it. So I went to the great skate That's shop in downtown Pittsfield, yeah. the garden, and I saw some cool vans. And I haven't worn vans in a long time. Those are vans. They're like the van, like... <laughs> You know, what they're, are you they're skateboarding on in those. Like a, like well, a, even they get cold. Even skateboarders get cold, even though they're always wearing their dang hoodies. Are we wearing the same socks? I'm wearing Dickies socks. I think we may just. Oh yeah, we're wearing the same Dickies socks. Look at that. Wow, Look sock you, brothers. Slipping your foot shoe on and off. It's tied, and it makes almost no difference. Yeah. Wow. You have um, you have warm shoes. I mean, it's sixty degrees outside. Well, we're living in heaven. Let me tell you something the about the beautiful. way time and the inexorable march of the seasons work. Right now, it's nice out, but soon it will be cold out. I'm going to storm. Maybe I'll rethink my words. I'm going to the capital. I'm going to gently visit the capital and take a photo of this day. Okay. And use it to show that climate. Wait, I was going to prove that climate change isn't real, but this sort of proves that it is real. It's a little different than it used to be in November for sure. Yeah, maybe I'll wait for there to be snow and then bring that to the Capitol. Do you ever wish we could turn back time to the good old days? Yeah. Well, I've got good news for you. In Saw X, baby, we go back in time. Because you're listening to another classic episode of When Will It End. This is big. It's me, guest host Josh Landis, here with the the mainstay, the anchor, the the central nervous system of the podcast, Mr. Charles Hobby. Charles, thanks for having me. Do you Anytime. Do you think I'm the central nervous system? I feel like I might just be like a bone. Mm, one bone you, maybe you're more of like an amoeba you're like sort of a blob maybe central nervous system is you're just sort of you're you're the you're the the gelatinous sort of ooze so i'm like the thing kind of actually yeah. i think that's true i think like say when drew comes on the show i'm just sort of like happier to be talking to a british person and then when justin's on the show i'm like sort of mean and make fun of him and kick him in the shins so i think i do match the energy of the other host in like a shapeshiftery sort of way. It's it is very funny that your Anglophilia is so deep set that almost anything with a British accent, you're like, this is fucking really good. No, nah. <laughs> I'm so happy. Wow. And, you, and then when you come in, I'm just like, please don't hurt me. Well, you've absorbed. Please. I was just you know to see you go into that accent there just now was just like, wow, he really is. I've been talking to Drew, almost like a chameleon. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not as good because you're not British. Right. But um, did you listen to the Steve-O episode? Yeah. Uh, no, I listened Speaking to Steve-O's uh, Adam Friedland show appearance, which is weirdly tense and vaguely hostile. Wait, who's, who's that again? Adam, Adam? Friedland is uh, formerly uh, one of the oh, hosts yeah, of yeah, Come yeah, Town, yeah, yeah. the Rude podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, is and, that still around or is that? that no. Uh, when Stavi Halkius really? left, um, they became the Adam Friedland show. Okay, but they're still doing it. They're still being offensive and rude and making people upset. But uh, um, I, you know, part of my duty is to delve into the dark corners of America. Like mm. the Adam Friedland show, the heart of darkness in 2023. I was talking to my mom about being rude today. Okay. Because I was relaying a story of how I got close again with a high school friend, how I posted on Instagram in like 2014 a picture of a billboard, like an ad on the subway that had a giant penis drawn on it. But not like a giant penis. That's sort of like a a, a, a like a, a long snake penis. Okay. But it, but it was, I'm sorry, just to clarify, it was intended to be perceived as a penis. Yeah, so it was like a person, normal person on an ad for something, maybe toothpaste. And uh, they had drawn a penis coming out of the penis area, but it was like snaking around the whole ad. Right, so it's a, very clever. it wasn't realistic. It wasn't like, you know, well, there, there probably are not many penises out there that... I would say on the range of fantasy to realism, closer to realism, but with like a hint of fantasy. Well, this is a huge week for penises, and I assume you're releasing this. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. This um, is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving week. That's before beautiful. Thanksgiving. And hey, to everyone out there, fuck Thanksgiving, <laughs> yo. Wait, really? Kind of. That's sure. their vibe. You fuck, fuck Eli Roth's dumb-looking movie. Oh, it looks like that, shit. Capital T. Well, I guess Thanksgiving is capital. Capital too. T. Uh, but Thanksgiving directed by Eli Roth. It looks like shit. 
it, it looks like it shit. was a, it was like maybe one of the worst fake trailers of Grindhouse. But but this yet, is Eli Roth. Like he has yeah. so little creativity. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna like it was funny in Grindhouse because it was right, so it stupid. Was fu- it, exactly. It was like right. this is a movie that should ne- like the, all those trailers were movies that should never be made. That was the joke. It's like look at this shit that people watched and it was funny, but like. Come on, do we really need Thanksgiving? And then even worse, there's no universe where the actual Thanksgiving movie could possibly live up to the promise of the fake trailer. That's the whole premise right. of a good fake trailer. I still, like, sometimes when I go to bed, you know when you're going to bed and you just, like, have thoughts slip in and then you're like, nope, but I'm still awake, I'm not dreaming. It's one of the best times of day. Yeah, it's hypnagogic bliss. Wow. Uh, but sometimes it turns into a hypnagogic nightmare when the sound effect at the end of that fake trailer is still just like rings through my life sometimes. Wow. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Maybe I'm worried that you'll do it. Maybe I'll cut it in. Yeah, cut it in. I don't want to hear it because it's going to infect my life for the rest of my existence. It's like a... It's a bad It's like a sucking and a fucking noise. But it's like a turkey. I loved that. That was great. (laughs) Oh, good. So you're... you're Very visceral. Oh, that was it. It's just like a... But it's a huge week for penises. Um, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I finally watched the first episode of The Curse, the new dramatic uh-huh. series on uh, Showtime. Never heard of it. Uh, written and directed by Benny Softy and Nathan Fielder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have heard of it. It is very excited to watch phenomenal. it. Phenomenal. Okay. And uh, mild spoiler, uh, there's uh, at least two penises in the first episode. Nice. And I would say they, they do... They feature a shot in a, in a thing that I've never seen before. A shot of a thing? Yeah. They they, they show you like... Oh, wait, is it... They show you a penis it? in a way that is both the most natural setting one could imagine for seeing a penis and yet one that... The mons pubis? That's included in the shot, yeah. Okay, well, that's for the setting. So right. More. It'd be weird if they cut out the mons pubis. <laughs> well, that's our saw territory. I suppose so. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> you have a penis and a mons pubis. There's a Tamagotchi in your mons pubis. You have to make it survive a month in the Tamagotchi game. That sounds sort of fun. Yeah, I'd play that. Yeah. Um, but so big week for penises. I feel like we often have complained that the, the lack of, of hammers being slung in movies. And when we get them in a Gone Girl or a Troy, it's usually more the impression yeah, yeah, yeah. of a hammer and not the full swinging right. guy. So I'm I'm very happy to report on the penis in media front Massive strides in November 2023. Has this been a great year? Yes. Yes. Is it, <laughs> Unequivocally. Is it amazing? Is it better now? Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, everyone out there listening is who's seen episode one of The Curse, is they're, they're hooting and hollering. That's with Emma? The, the, the inimitable Emma Stone, who I, I love this era of her career where she's leaning into – Yeah. I am very beautiful and charismatic, but I'm also very weird mm. and shot in a certain way, kind of disturbing in I'm how excited. I carry Honest, myself. I feel like cinema is getting weird again, which was like, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm woke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charles pauses, ponders, am I, I woke? So. Am I woke? I think so. But I have set my alarm the thing for is- 2024. <laughs> Yeah, well, I when, will wait. No, I've already woken up. I will take melatonin. My set my I'll prescribe. I'll get my doctor to prescribe myself melatonin in twenty twenty four, so I can go back to sleep. Yeah, that's beautiful. But uh, yeah, dare, I'm, dare I'm excited dream. for like bottoms. Weird. Like we're we're getting like I feel like the twenty tens was like a clean era of cinema because we like maybe not like from twenty fifteen to twenty twenty was like sort of clean, and in a way that was sort of boring and i'm glad we get weird shit again like elizabeth banks is fucking weird yeah and it's and fun to see she, emma being weird she recently shouted out pittsfield and some media appearance and so it's been the talk of the town that uh that's sick did you make a Liz, story did you write a story i did, did not that's that's story? not that's below the sort of highbrow i just interviewed Can't the former surgeon general of the united states jerome adams but did they uh shout out pittsfield no jerome did not shout out pittsfield well, fuck jerome well uh, okay all right, let's not disparage people I've talked to for work. Why isn't Jerome still the Surgeon General? Um, that's a good question. Did you ask? I did. <laughs> yeah, why just, why'd you quit? <laughs> you, what's going but on? But no, we're, we're talking about like weird cinema. I mean, look, it's November. I don't think anyone, Bo is afraid is with yet. a bullet, my movie of the year. Right. Um, that's right, we're getting to the end of the year. Yeah, and I would say right now, like, 
that strikes me as a particularly pivotal moment in weird cinema where A24 as their blank check reward to Ari Aster for making two of their highest profile films, just giving him the most money they've ever given anyone to make a movie. And he makes a movie so fucking obtuse, inaccessible, unlikable and weird. That so nice. It's wonderful. And you know, I love that era. Like, so I feel like the seventies was like full of movies that no one want. Like, like I don't want to enjoy myself at the movies. <laughs> I think that's like a thing that people forget is like, it's okay to make things that people are like uncomfortable. Like, Horror, even like the most intense horror movies, these are still like nice messaging. It's like I just want it to be grungy and fucked. But it, it's still like I, I think the impact of Joss Whedon and Buffy yeah. on genre mm-hmm. is still. It's like we're we're now that like it it finally seems like the Marvel balloon has burst. Like it's yeah, it's so funny to see like Nolan being considered like oh so dark and gritty. But like you watch that shit, it's like it's like it's like clean and sterile. It's not. Well, Dark. his movies are a a like proto fascist conservative argument for the need for clinical emotionalist systemic responses to any dirt or dis- or disturbance or weirdness. Like, right. He, he's obsessed with a world where men in suits in secretive settings control the functions of everything. Yeah. So like, like, that is he, his singular yeah. obsession. And the comparison, like, ooh, Joss is doing like goofy fun, and ooh, look how gritty and dark. I feel like that was like a sort of a seemingly an ends of a spectrum but no they're both on the same side of it and like i want i want ari's fucking just I, honestly maybe i'll see thanksgiving <laughs> it does sound grungy well, i like I mean, some grunge it's, it's you know I, I i love talk to me this year a movie that i thought was really nasty i haven't seen it yet um, i heard it was good it's a24's australian edition so if you like i love face wait, and head mutilation mutilation i don't know I'll look it up they're australian nor nor no. Uh, yeah, uh, I won't look it up. I'm bored now. Yeah, it's too much. Too much time was spent on that. It's okay, so we're here today to talk about. I would say our favorite franchise or a pivotal franchise in our ongoing study yeah, of film. Actually, maybe favorite top three yeah. minimum. Yeah, my personal top three off the top of my head, I would probably say Saw, Friday the Thirteenth. That's so funny. I love these are just longest ones. You just sort of like the long ones, which makes well, sense. I like the ones where we really get to stew in something and every installment is baffling. And these are two series, even for horror franchises, where the twists and turns genuinely, even when they are complete failures. I'm talking about you, Friday the thirteenth, part five. Unwatchable. Yeah. There's the the inchal the chimichangas one. Fuck. Yeah, yeah that that's was a rough. Bad one. That's a rough one. Um it, it's just fun to see where these things bounce around and I think that's true. Like that's the longer, the better. It's so funny. To, um, I reread, I read Jaws finally. It just made me think of like how Back to the Future Part Two was making fun of the Jaws franchise. It's like that's like I know this is totally off topic, but just like what a wild joke to have a Part Two make fun of a Part Four. What well, well, was isn't it Rocky? I thought it's Rocky. No, I remember the the shark goes down and attacks oh, yeah. him when he arrives in future Biff world, and it's like. Jaws 22, and it's like, what's the joke? Like, why are we so afraid of a part 22? That sounds fucking I, I, sick. I totally agree. I totally, I was thinking about, like, there's this, like, you know, so, like, authenticity is, like, the most useless thing in the world, and then that, that like, made-up concept of some sort of, like, you know, there was a time where things were perfect and neat and clean, and, and it was fine, and you didn't need, and it's like, no, there's no single piece of work that's ever finished. There's no world that's ever closed off. And like the and part of what we're talking about today is a movie that got a 79 Metacritic score. So the 10th installation in a series. And, you know, we've been charting this this evolving cultural perception of the franchise as a part of the podcast for years. And this is I don't think there's we've ever experienced any series that has seen the, okay, the number two highest rated Saw movie is the first Saw movie with 50% on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Or right. So all of a sudden, well, 20 think, years yeah. after the originator, suddenly Saw X is on paper a highly acclaimed 10th installation in a franchise. That's incredible. And I think that's also partially like 20 years ago. When, when did the first Saw come out? 2000? 2003, I believe. Yeah. So 20 years ago, like that kind of a horror movie was dismissed by critics. So it's like, it the first 10 years of the franchise were sort of just ignored anyway because like oh it's gross horror like what what's the fun like what what me manola dargus 
who who else is a shitbag? Oh, who's your least favorite? At- oh, Richard Brody, I despise. Yeah. He's a Ooh, fucking Richard, moron. Yeah, like what what I Richard Brody will get out of Saw? It's like oh, it's pretty. I mean, so like yes, it's like franchises have been reevaluated, but also this genre has been totally like if you release Saw now, I think we get like a hundred percent. Like the exact oh, same absolutely. movie. Absolutely. If a, if a, if a million dollar movie, like people would lose their shit for that. Yeah. And then like, there's also the fact that this is a two hour long saw movie. So Big. I just want everyone listening to wrap their heads around the transformation of the perception of this franchise. The first movie, you know, it seems like an absolute fever dream looking back over how far we've come in 20 years, but a two hour long saw sequel got pretty much, glowing reviews across the critical spectrum in the mainstream and was a financial success and set up saw 11 and right now like it's 20 years after the original right now i think this is probably the peak of saw like it is finally soaked into american culture so deeply that now it's like hell yeah saw 10 whipped saw 11 can't wait right and this was set up like basically as just you know like oh saw like this was in back to the original or maybe not the original, but two, like where it's like they're already thinking about Saw 11. This isn't just like a one-off. They know they want to make more. And that's like another fun part of franchising is when they're thinking that way, when they want to make more than one. Saw was 2004, sorry. But also, okay, so on yeah, that sorry. point, in Saw 6, this is this blew my mind, John references the experimental cancer treatment in Norway in the 2009 film Saw 6. Yeah. And now we get that story now in 2023 which is great in the two hour long dramatic uh character profile of jigsaw who now is no longer just like the world's most beloved campy villain but has now fully been embraced as the main character and most fascinating emotional story of this world like soft i think saw x is a triumph triumph Uh, yes because like i don't think we've ever seen a series come back this strong ever this is the 10th movie, and it is like basically reset the clock on the entire franchise with this critical and commercial success. It's right. crazy. Yeah, I I, I agree. I don't, well, maybe I won't go like full Prue, full Prue triumph. That's a that's a bake-off term now. Soggy bottom. When you make a, yeah, this is, well, this isn't a soggy bottom either. This is maybe, um, well, I don't know. It, it's still a 10x multiplier. It was 13 million to make, made it 105. Fucking so I mean, like, sick. I know, love that. Nothing's going to compete with the original for obvious and that's reasons. This market too, where like no one's going to the movies anymore. So that's fucking huge to have a, a an XX multiplier on Saw X. I, it's crazy to me that two decades into Saw, we are literally just hitting a new baseline plateau for what this series can do. It, so this, the movie starts off like super slow too, and this is like really not an anti-saw movie but it is rethinking like this is a prequel now in a way that we haven't seen before and we're like what if we just slowly waded into the ocean but like you know when you're like on one of those beaches where it's like a really you know what i'm talking about you're not really a coastal guy you're more of a mountain man well i don't want to boast but i've been to the coast many times i've been to a coast but are you a, would you like you wouldn't say with the gentle slope of a beach into water i just say sometimes when you go to the ocean there's like the tide is and some, you know, some beaches you can dive in like you're in a pool and then some of them you could walk for like two miles and you still aren't, you're still not, you're still not past the tide point. But this is like a coastal guy sort of thing. I don't know that you're really, it's really going to sink into a mountain man because you're a mountain man, right? I don't know if I qualify as a mountain man. I well, think that you, the elevation in Western Mass is uh, more so than that of the coast. But I, I think high, you're, many people in actual mountainous territory who would consider this to be nowhere close to that. So you're sort of like a plains? I'm a hills fellow. A hills. A man a fellow of the hills. Of the hills yes. A fellow of the hills. Yes. So I'm saying, like, this movie, uh, rather than just, like, diving in, sets up the ocean. But we have to – there's, like, a long walk to even get into past your knees. Well, and again, to me, it was fascinating how much faith that this put in the audience and the fan base to be like – Totally. We're just going to watch – John Kramer, like, <laughs> try to get medical treatment for a while. Right. And, like, the first saw trap in this is just, you know, a, a fantasy so he has good. imagining how he might harm someone. It's so Interestingly, good. Interestingly, that's a non-lethal trap. I was thinking that on the it's drive down here. Yeah. It's like, wait, that one wouldn't have... I mean, maybe if you leave the sucker on, it'll suck your brain out eventually. Look, I've heard of when you nut and she keeps sucking, but... 
when, sucking your eyes out of your sockets. When you haven't snacked, snapped all your fingers in time, and then your <laughs> eyes get sucked out, and then it sucks your brain out. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that that's really funny where it's like, you know, in the past, we've gotten a, a huge amount of context for why John Kramer is the way he is. His marriage to Jill Tuck, the death mm. of their unborn son, Gabriel, at, at the public health uh, a clinic that she was running in 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 Saw City and like XYZ. But like this was like this meditative, slow watching a dying man, like consider his options. Right. Like it, it, it injects like, you know, we're not going to get a Friday the 13th where for 30 minutes, like Jason, you know, you know, reads the paper and makes phone calls or whatever. But like this, we got that in this movie and it was great. Right. And everyone liked it. This is an Oscar worthy of, like nominate at least a nomination tobin bell's work in this series and I, he's been in all but one at this point um is so fucking special and this movie just feels like they finally gave him a full two hours right he's in 95 percent of this movie that's what's different is yeah. that he's usually lurking behind the scenes and big lurking he's a he's a lurker not quite i don't think he's quite the like jason lurk energy but he he's been known to lurk well, it's funny because, like, Jason, like, we imagine him at night, like, just, like, standing in darkness waiting or something. But, like, we see Jigsaw. Yeah, I imagine that like, way during the day, too. He go to the cafe. Yeah. He make phone call. Yeah. He talk to his people. He, he convinces a man not to steal a dying man's watch. He gets tricked into going to fake experimental therapy in Mexico. But, I mean, that happened to me. That happened it's true. to you. And uh, and he does it with the big fake stomach uh, scar, which is so funny. Um, no cops in this movie. I thought it was an interesting bit of trivia. It's the first one that is not predicated on cops. Hoffman, spoiler, does make an appearance late in the movie, but right. it's not really. It's a post credit. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is interesting. I'm. I was curious, like, because to me, that's like the driving force of this franchise is sort of like watching cops be bad. And I, maybe that's the why this movie is such a slow start because it's like we don't. I mean, I already know I hate the cop, so like watching a cop try to do stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be fun because he sucks. So they can like jump in with big energy. We're like, here, I don't have any. I need to like learn the the, the world a little differently. It isn't just like serial killer hunter doing bad job at being husband. Well, okay. The most to me the headline here, and I want to actually I didn't do this uh, this part until you got here. Um, one of the, the, the huge headlines here is the return of the great Shawnee Smith as Amanda. Yeah. Truly one of the great actresses of our time. What's she doing before? What's she up to since? What was her last Saw movie? And that was a really good yawn. And you what's got between? There. Um, well, I, she, uh, she was in Saw X. Let's see. The last. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, the last Saw movie. She was in six. Six. Okay. So she took a solid 14 year break before coming back for this. And she's mostly just been doing. I would say no one's ever heard of. Apparently the show Anger Management, she did 100 episodes of. The fuck? I mean, I've never heard of this show. I mean, uh, Charlie Sheen. Okay. Wow, what a great opening trailer. He's he's like like, groping a woman. Is that her? Is she like a star of this? Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, she plays Charlie's spouse. Oh my God. Okay, so maybe a Shawnee heads out there can email in about how good Anger Management is. Um but yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, as much as this is about Tobin Bell experience, it's so satisfying to see Shawnee Smith come back and just do her thing again. And we see more of that dynamic. And it's just, it's fan service in such a loving, respected, respectful way to the characters and the series and the fan base. Yeah. You love to see it. Do you think they, I don't even know. I didn't look into it. Do they do like CGI de-aging i don't think so i don't think so either which i love i fucking they don't even try that hard this technically speaking takes place between one and two right so if you were to actually watch this like chronologically you watch like (laughs) you watch amanda as like a whatever 30 year old actor how old is she now she's 54 right so 30 and then suddenly she's 54 and they haven't done anything they didn't do like the irishman tour and then she's suddenly 31 in the next one it's like that's fun i like that they're not they didn't care enough about that sort of bullshit continuity to be afraid to make this movie and get the actors back because it makes no sense. Yeah, but I mean, and, but who I cares? Think that, that's the wonderful fluidity of the horror genre where it's like, this is not a world where people are going to get hung up on that and they don't have to worry right. about it. Can you imagine if Star Wars, sorry, can I bring up? Yeah, sure, Star please. Wars? I'll open the Star Wars door. Can you imagine if like a Star Wars movie came out and it had like Obi-Wan Kenobi in it from. Alec Guinness and they got 
Well, this would result in me need Alec to still be alive. Nah, they can CGI that shit. They've okay, already so done it. And... They've done it twice. But that's what I'm saying. Like, can you imagine if they did it and suddenly, like, supposedly a year later in Star Wars world, he's like 40 years older? The fans would go bananas. They'd be like, why does he look so old? He's not that old. He's only, uh, wait, actually, how old is the space wizard, do you think? I have no fucking idea. Me neither. They tell us how old Yoder is. Kind of. One eight hundred years you are. Beautiful man. Wow. Well, thank you, Yoda. That's very kind of you. Oh, no, he's talking about himself. Oh, okay. It's hard to tell. He's Um, a man. Well, it's funny. I, I think a lot about that shit and like the Irishman has comes to mind because you just said it but like mm-hmm. I so, could say something else and that might also come to mind but this is pertinent so let's run with this one. okay great w- what I found so irritating about people's reaction to the Irishman is that like they're like well they didn't even it didn't even look they didn't even look young at the end of the day and I'm like the motherfucker in all of his movies it's about like weird old guys mm-hmm. remembering their youths and that's a weird take I didn't hear that but I'm also not anywhere so yeah you're blessedly shielded from much of the the dribble that accounts for discussion what a of film. stupid take i know where i'm like yeah like one like if that's what you're hung up on then this is not the movie for you and no. then two it's like maybe we're watching someone's weird memories and that gives it this patina of otherworldliness that actually adds something to it because it's this uncanny valley yeah like that I, cool. I found interesting and you know i think there's a strong precedent in scorsese's movies where people's perception overwhelmingly colors the narrative of what we see. It's like the same complaint for that reason. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, I'm saying the same people who are like, there weren't enough women in the Irishman. I'm like, it's a movie about an old man's memories of his life. So yeah, these things are deliberate choices. If there's things that seem dissonant, it's like probably part of that, that frame that like you're choosing to not acknowledge. And so you can complain about something totally sort of a sidebar, but that annoyed me about the Irishman. Yeah. 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 I love Uh, that. movie. It's fucking amazing. It's so brutal. It's 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 not my favorite of his, but it's, no, it's a it's. I've only seen it the once too. I've seen it three times, which that was is a COVID a lot, watch, right? That came mm, out during COVID, just before COVID. It came I in twenty nineteen, so I saw it twice in twenty nineteen, and I saw it. I've seen it once since. I think I watched it during COVID. Okay, I think I found. I, the time. I would say the the slow build up to the end of that movie, I think, is the most devastating end to any of his films. Yeah, like I find the the end of Casino is so abrupt that is it's sort of amazing. And you know, I don't know. We we can't do a Marty sidebar. I've been in. I've had no. Marty fever. I watched the King comedy twice this month. Yeah, you're 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 full blown sick with Marty. You got the Marty sickness. Well, Killers of the Flower Moon made me cry. Yeah, in a sad way, not like in a cathartic way. So that's, I've been in a Marty King. That's good. Uh, he, there was a big letterboxed. He's on Letterbox now. I watched the interview with yeah. the very excited he, letterbox look, person. You know, I'm not the first person to say it, but he's very short. He's, He's a very short king. cute. He's very cute. He's in uh, King of Comedy playing the director of the Jerry Langford show. And uh Oh yeah. They have Tony Randall asking him, like, how do I do this? You're the director. And he goes, It's very funny. I I love Marty. He's the best. Top dog, number one. Yeah, he just won an award though for being like the most innovative filmmaker. And it's just like it's so funny to see how like entrenched old guys are. Cause like obviously they to give the most like innovative filmmaker to this guy, like, yeah, he's good, but I mean, it's such well, a wild award to give to an 80-year-old guy who's been doing it for 40 years. And what did he – yeah. I, I would – I'm actually – I am I think you personally can't slather enough shit on Marty because I Just think give it to the him. thing like with Steinbeck, you know – or not Steinbeck, sorry, Updike, is that like guys like Updike and Scorsese, you know, they're like white guys who write movies overwhelmingly about white guys. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, you want to live in a world where you're not living in an echo chamber where the, the dominant political ethno group – like soaks up all the oxygen. And I, I think there needs to be more space for other creative people as well. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like if that group is the group of people that are running our terrible system and broken country and driving inequality and driving inequity and X, Y, Z, understanding those people is actually of vital importance. And I would say, you know, when people, I think, superficially criticize Updike and Scorsese for being, you know, white guys making white guy media – you know, Marty and and Updike is the logical comparison here in my mind because, like, it's the most scathing, accurate, brutal dismemberment of the fragility, paranoia, weakness, and, and like, hollowness at the heart of, like, white masculine culture. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, it's like, thank God they're making this media because it's certainly not celebrating this behavior. No. 
I watched Wolf of Wall Street for the billionth time this week, like last week. And I'm like, the fact that at any point people watched this movie and were like, this guy looks, they're making this guy seem too cool. He's very cool. So crazy. I want, a, I want a big boat. You would, I don't know what you would do with a big boat. I, I think you'd get it and then like never use it. I think you'd have I it. I know. I hated those kind of gifts. Well, I'd I say any. Bad about the that. thing about me is that any gift where there's a middle part, it's not really a good. Like gift. a sandwich. Well, no, I'll take a you, sandwich. You take a any sandwich any day of the week. I meant more like a a process thing. Where like if you get a boat, you then have to house the boat, take the boat somewhere, maintain the boat, right. Put the boat in the and water, then, take the boat out of the water, maintain it. it. I think you can leave it in the. I hope you can just leave it in the water. Otherwise, I'm okay. So if I you buy a pier, okay, what's that part of the plan now? You now own real estate to just wood. Though. You rent a marina. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, want yeah, a middle yeah. part. A dock, right? No, that's true. That's the worst gift. The gift where it's like, I need to now be responsible for this. However, um, Amy, your your beautiful spouse, gave me uh, a plant that I have not killed yet. That's true. That does require. That's the middle part. That's the middle not part, but it. because I, I love Amy and love our relationship, I said, I'm not going to kill this thing. And well, it's actually grown quite a bit. It looks amazing, and it's a succulent, it appears, so it probably doesn't need too much water. Well, that's the thing about the water. sun? It's hard to tell what too much water is. You know what I mean? I think if you uh, touch the dirt with your fingers and then put it on your teeth, <laughs> if, it, if it feels dry, you need more water. Right, and the teeth are a wonderful... Well, like, sorry, gums. Like yeah. between the teeth and the gum. Between the teeth are tall. You don't know anything about teeth. The many things you told me that you were like, I didn't know about brushing gums until like last year or something. Not last year. <laughs> you were like, but like five years ago. That's kind of wild, man. I was. I'm a. I'm a product of my ad, my adults. They were just teaching me about circles. We you watched know? a Survivor last night, and uh, someone won a, a toothbrush and toothpaste during the auction. Well, they bought it. Well, they bought it. Yeah, do you think, but he said specifically you have to leave the food. Does that mean that? Toothpaste had, is food. They had to, well, toothpaste is food. Could they keep the toothpaste? I mean, sorry, the nope, toothbrush? that's food. Uh, no, you can't eat the toothbrush. So, like, when you bought the toothbrush, so who, was it? Ju- it. was it? Who was it? Julie. Julie, yeah. yeah. Could Julie bring it back? I think so. God, that's the best purchase. God, she could also get pretty wasted spend- on an empty, emaciated stomach, pounding that mouthwash. Yeah. She did not. Oh, that That's sucks. just dangerous. That doesn't get you fucked I feel up. like Tom. I feel like Survivor 1.0, people would be like <laughs> chugging Listerine if they could. That Tom is, I, I'm excited. So we're going to start three once 45 is over. Wow. We're talking about that Tom, right? Africa Tom? No, I was talking about uh, season season 10 Tom, Fireman Tom. Oh, no. That guy's not, that guy's so He sober. got blackout drunk. What are you talking about? He got so drunk that season. I, I'm forgetting that. He got like the drunkest I, like he was like falling down drunk. Tom, uh, basically in in his return season, whenever that was, the like the farmer Tom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big, big old big, Tom. big yeah, hick yeah. Tom. Uh, where they like win a bottle of whiskey, he just like names it after his son and never lets anyone else touch it. And he like drinks the entire bottle himself. That's so sweet. Okay, so <laughs> we gotta get back to Saw X. Um, yeah. Do you think they should name? So do you think they were ending our new trilogy? And they can do like Saw X, Saw Y, Saw Z, and like totally, like which Final Fantasy is it? Twelve that got part two, or they all? I think yeah, yeah not yeah. all, but yeah, no, but I think a I bunch. Of the, yeah, like that would be cool if they're like we're expecting Saw Eleven, but it's like nope, this is now we're Saw not doing 10, letters. Part two, no Saw X, Saw Y, Saw Z. Okay, yeah, I mean, alphabetically, you know, it is a great convention. Or they like, could I do can... Saw X, Saw Millennial, Saw Zoomer, yeah, Saw Alpha. We're now fucking. This is the. I'm sorry, you want to get back to Saw, but the fucking g- naming of the generations is so fucked. Okay, go off, Ken. So fucked, dude. We had the fucking silent generation, the lost generation. Hey, hold baby on. Baby silent generation, speak up. Lost generation, get a map. Yeah. Baby boomers, uh, like, fuck off. off. <laughs> yeah, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> but like, the naming <laughs> conventions were sick. It was like the fucking lost generation. That's sick. Or the silent generation? Hell yeah. And not just like, we got to X, and I think it was because it was like, a deranged time where it's like they're just like no identity. I don't really know why they landed on X, but the next people just went fucking crazy and were like very literal. Like, all right, we go to X, then we go to Y, and then we go to Z, and oh, I guess we got out of American we didn't go letters. To y. What was yes, Y? We we're Gen Y. That no, was actually what they millennials. called millennials, but it was initially Gen Y, and then they changed but, but, but it to millennials. The market of ideas spoke, and everyone said Gen That's Y true. sucks. But the reason why it's called Gen Z is because technically we are Gen Y. That's so annoying. It's like Zoomers, you know. It's like yeah. 
technically we are Gen Y, and then people are like, well, let's just call millennials because it doesn't sound so fucking awful. But like now we're Generation Alpha? Come on! Come on, let's rename this shit. What do we, we could call them just like, I don't even know, like phone, phone people. That's the new generation. Well, everyone's on their damn phone. Or like phone AI, AI, AI people. The thing about Saw X is that people. because it's set in, you know, the, the aughts, right. the early aughts, no one's on their dang phone the well, entire time. Well, one person's on their dang phone. That's true. There's actually a fair <laughs> amount of phone stuff in this movie. <laughs> Which is cool. I like it. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Saw X a little bit. It is okay. theoretically why we're doing this. Um, why we're here. I got to say... Uh, the fucking the leg sawing shit was genuinely harrowing, and I would put it up there with any of the most upsetting. The lady essentially garroting her fucking thigh off was really brutal. I think this movie more than others, and this is might sound like a criticism, but it's not. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna tell you that this is not a criticism, and now we'll continue. The maybe the least realistic like pain response to any saw trap because I think that's a part of saw is like. You're going to have to do something that really hurts, and it is exploring that, like, pushing past your pain threshold. Saw X is, like, well beyond anyone's pain threshold, and they're just, like, doing it. And I'm sort of happy that it's getting to that point. Well, just to, to, to go back to your, I think, excellent point you made is that, like, when you watch Needle Pit and right. Saw 2, which is, like, easily the marquee iconic, Icon- iconic Saw moment, a huge part of that is Shawnee Smith playing it because right. the, the shot of her shrieking and flailing her dirty needle filled arms around is and it's like that sells it in a way that like despite no it's extremely well directed and well edited but like her reaction absolutely is like what makes it all come together right and if you think about it it's actually like nothing's getting cut off nothing like it's a pretty simple trap that isn't really like this is like a woman slicing her own leg off. Or uh, can you remind me of some of the other ones? Okay, so the taxi driver Diego has the pipe bombs implanted in his arms. Oh, right. And he and he has to cut off his arm. It's like so brutal. So it's like once you cut off one of those, that arm is useless, and you're not going to be able to cut off the other one. And it's like <laughs> this movie is not making sense anymore, and that's fine. I don't but, but think it's like that, an issue. It, it, it's, it's, it's Jigsaw Abroad. He's in sepia-toned right. Breaking Bad, Mexico. Yeah. So, like, things are, the rules are a little different. Right. Um, we're t- so, um, we also, I actually forgot about this until right now, but I forgot that they used the, the lady's intestines as a rope. Yeah, that, that was shit so was amazing. And that's just, that was really good. That took me back to, like, Saw 3 is, like, pig juice of just, like, right. this is almost Monty Python level, like, cartoon shit now. Where, like, in that one, he's drowning in ground-up rotten pigs. Right. Which is oh, just, like... such a good um, Like, so over the top. And in this one, yeah, like, fashioning, like, a weird lasso out of someone's intestines. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, they're, they're just going for it. you know it. what's sick? Is that Tobin knew that she was going to do that. Because the whole, pl- the whole plan revolved around her getting that phone. Yeah, absolutely. And so he knew, like, I'm not going to give her anything except for these intestines. And he planned around that. Like, she's going to, she's definitely going to use the intestines as a makeshift lasso. It's so wonderful. So good. I, I, I just, I love, I love any of these worlds where we live in where, like, the, the old, like, there can be no doubt that Jigsaw has thought of the thing that you're about to do. Right. I love that. And this is a simpler twist, which is fine. I'm not a huge twist guy anyway. Like, the twist was something that, I think if if you're the kind of person that gets disappointed when you can guess the twist, like maybe Saw X is going to leave you a little flat because it's pretty obvious, like that once the guy with the gun shows up, that's like, oh okay, I get it. This is like all a ruse to get this guy now, and everything is planned. Like, uh, yeah, it's not a terribly like I'm gonna st- like I don't know. Sometimes we stand up and cheer at how fucking crazy the end of these movies get. This is a, like. In the same way that we've waded slowly out into the ocean, I think it's like a pretty nice, like you just went out to your knees and then came back. But that trip is nice. I would say it went a little deeper than that for okay. me. I, I agree. To your, to your loins. I think that to, to straight, to, straight to the mons pubis. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I would argue that uh, this is, they, they sort of miffed the landing in this movie a little bit, which is uh, the, one, the, the one thing I would mm. say against it is that the ending, because I agree with what you're saying. Like, Well, first off, in my mind, it's not necessarily... I see it more as a feature and not a bug that we know that Jigsaw is going to work it out because it's like watching Mission Impossible. Spoiler, Ethan's going to win. Like, you go into Mission Impossible being like, despite the 
sheer, dare I say, impossibility of this mission, Ethan Hunt, a short king, will find a way to succeed. So I don't mind knowing that Jigsaw has a big plan. And I I think I said that. It's like, I don't care. Yeah. if If you're like, if you're after that high of being, I think, but that's a great point is that the cops have always been the main characters and we like, I mean, we don't want them to succeed, but the the narrative is like, are they going to succeed? And it's like, nope, Jigsaw gets them. And here it's like, oh, wait, Jigsaw is the guy. So he's going to both be, our, he's our hero now and we want him to succeed. This is like the most clear cut. We've had some issues. Like sometimes he's sort of a Bernie Sanders guy. Sometimes we're not even really sure what the fuck he's after. This is a very clear cut case of revenge. And I think that really benefits the story where we're like, Oh yeah, we want this to happen because it's a movie and it's funny and like we want like he should get his revenge. Well, and more so in my mind, the the like when we think of the great Saw endings, and you know, again, like it, this is such an embarrassment of riches. I would say one through four, each in their own way, have unbelievable endings. That the, the uh, four, I will always go back to my broken the record. Best. The climax the of best. four is one of the most psychotic things I've ever seen. <laughs> Like if if only one of several things had happened at the end of that movie, it would be unforgettable. And yeah. they do like three things where you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Um. So, but in my mind, this movie, like what you're talking about, like this is a reintroduction of the series. It's a reintroduction of Jigsaw as the heart of the series after Spiral, and and more to the point, I don't even mind that the ending is not th- is not the whole. You know, I wasn't spending I was so enjoying the trip to the end that the end wasn't as important to me because also it's it's setting up a new era, basically, where it's like Jigsaw's back. We've really underscored the themes that dictate why he does what he does. And now, baby, like, let's see where else he goes from here. Right, right, right. And I think it's liberatory. It's sort of like I think Dune was less successful, but it's sort of like Dune where it's like the this movie feels more like a setup and. I didn't like Dune because that all, all it felt like was like introducing us to the beautiful Paul. This had a story. This was fun. But I think where it sort of falls short is the ends of like Saw 1, 2, 3, 4 were all to make the previous hour that I watched like ecstatic. And this really felt like the end of this movie was really just to set up the next one. But but I, I think also, I guess my my low tier pushback would be that this movie has more of this meditative quality to it about jigsaw that is unique to the series. And so the energy is inherently a little different, but I I hear you. Like certainly we've come to expect big climactic finales. This is maybe the change. What you just watched, like you go, you watch, watch, watch. And it's like, Oh fuck. That's what was happening here. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I got, I sort of figured that out, but Hey, maybe the next one will be sick too. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. undermine what you watch, but it doesn't have the same like power that, that the previous that's true. ones do. But I would say as far as appetite whetting, I am so, so excited. You're wet. I'm wet. You're wet. I'm wet. What does that mean? You're sharpening? Um, let me see. The the lady uh, smashes her <laughs> ankles and, and fucking uh, wrists was... to get out of the shackles. That so was wait, pretty cool. So wait, this is a great question. The blood waterboarding rule. Yeah, bloodboarding was good. <laughs> what would you... so? If you were in the one, the shackles one, where you're getting light blasted, yeah, would you go feet first or hands first? I personally would go hands first. Yeah, because then you'd immediately just drop. Right. That was the big. Like, Gabrielle makes a critical error. Yeah. Uh, by letting herself uh, swing around while trying to hit her own hand that is carrying a lot of the weight. So. Though I guess, in the same way that like maybe you can't cut off both pipe bombs once you've destroyed one arm. Maybe I still think you... Diego could have if he gamed it out a little bit more. He waited way too long. Well, I'm just saying just like once you've destroyed the muscles, bones, arteries, nerves to get the pipe bomb off of that arm, it's like when you're cutting your fingernails. Yeah. But say rather than just cutting your fingernails, you're destroying your hand, and then when you mm-hmm. go to cut the other one, you don't have a hand anymore to cut the fingernails. No, I see what you're saying. So like... The pipe bomb one's like, there's no way Diego would have been able to physically hold the machete or the scalpel at that point. But that doesn't matter. But I'm just saying, like, maybe she was thinking, if I bust the hands, then I won't be able to actually wield the thing to bust the feet out. Mm. But you will also be out of the sun. So maybe she could just live the rest of her life uh, in the trap. In in the warehouse, yeah. yeah. It, It was funny to me just to think that, like, uh, no matter where Jigsaw goes, he ends up hanging out in a, a makeshift surgery room in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah. Like, Wait. he can be anywhere, and 
he could go to Costa Rica, he could go to Kyoto, yeah. and he's going to f- wind up in a weary warehouse it's or basement beautiful. with a makeshift surgery. Yeah. He's just called there, you know? Some people just have that destiny about them. Yeah, like you, you're a coastal guy. I'm a mountain slash hills slash plains. A, a fellow of the hills, we decided. A fellow of the hills. Uh, and Jigsaw is a makeshift uh, surgery operation in a warehouse yeah, guy. Warehouse That's where guy. he feels most comfortable. Hey, warehouse guy. What do you feel about the kid? I feel like when you introduce a kid to a movie, it can bring bring you somewhere. What are your thoughts? Do you think the kid was a good choice? Or I, I do think the kid's yeah. a good choice. I think that we understanding Jigsaw and understanding his sense of like the whole question with Jigsaw is like, how does he actually perceive the world as like, you know, irrevocably tainted by sin or is there optimism that people can overcome that? And the, the, the glory of Jigsaw is that he, you know, essentially plays both sides that really aggressively where he, attempts to express his optimism for the potentiality of people by subjecting them to the worst possible experience to make up for, to atone for their sin. So like that, that got convoluted, like deeply, I don't know, sort of Catholic adjacent intense, you know, feast or famine energy around morality. I think it's important that like he, to see him love a kid and have support for a kid and at the same time enmesh this kid like this fucked up like it shows it shows you how like the weird the maddening inconsistencies about jigsaw that make him compelling right i think it adds to that where it's it's like i agree you clearly love this kid and support him and yet i think 99.9 percent of humanity would not show that by putting him in a situation where he might drown in blood yeah but jigsaw's like nah it's fine he's not gonna drown in blood don't worry about it i'll make sure i got it and he uses fucking this is so like foreshadowing i think it's a literary device that doesn't get used enough anymore i'm down for a good foreshadow and when he's teaching the boy how to fix the bike so he can learn how to say pole (laughs) (laughs) fucking that's that's a chef's kiss right there Uh, but that moment is just beautiful too where just you see jigsaw like he loves his work. He loves designing. Yeah, he he lo- loves yeah. crafting. No, that's and, sick. And having that moment with that kid where he like does. I'm not joking. I love no, it. He's just like pull. And then so later in the movie, he can say don't pull so he doesn't drown in a blood bath. It's such a funny, like absolutely brilliant Saw foreshadowing. No other movie would be like, oh, they're going to have a tender moment so that later in a Saw trap, he doesn't drown in blood. Sick. I, I just, I like that the 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 love and care to craft that defines jigsaw is expressed in this weirdly wholesome exchange that again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is still very much enmeshed in a crazy torture murder. It's, it's perfect. Cause that's, you can't escape that. I think that's like, maybe this movie even goes a little too like saws a nice guy. I think I could have used a little more like, uh, unhingedness. Cause he's sort of a little unhinged in the earlier ones in a way that's like, I can't, you can't really judge it. You're just like, you're not quite sure exactly where he stands. This one is more, I think we get a better sense of his values, which well, is maybe a yeah. good thing because we were always like, maybe one of our biggest complaints is like, we don't really understand Saw. And I think we'd now understand way more than we <laughs> yeah. thought we would. Yeah. But I think it's also like in a lot of those movies, and it's so, this is pathetic that I'm running interference for the Saw franchise right now. But like in those movies, he's like, he's at the height of his thing in those movies. That's where like true. he's like, I'm wearing the robes. I've built the <laughs> labyrinth. Yeah, the pigs are, you know, yeah, the pigs are running around. There, there's pig juice everywhere. I've got needle pit. In, in this one, like because like it is the the most simplistic moral story of he has been wronged by bad guys. I think it is a slightly different angle on him than the more theatrical, erratic, fully into it jigsaw that we see through the rest yeah. of the other series. Right. This is Except down to for, earth. Uh, a relaxed civilian jigsaw with his backwards hat, still one of the defining images of the series. It is true. So, yeah. okay, we, we always rate the kills and talk about our favorite kills in this. Charles, I ask you, your most valuable death of, of all the various ways that people were mutilated and, and slain in this movie, mm-hmm. what stood out to you? I think it has to be the leg because not just the leg is cool because it's one of those ones where you know they're not going to do it in time. So then you always have to, like, imagine the aftermath. And I think this had the quickest brutalist like oh suddenly her body just blows up right like her head and legs and well, what, what, she like, just sort of falls off onto the she, floor it, the end of that trap which is i think one of the best ones in these series is uh the like the the the, the right, steel wire like yeah. decapitates her so there's that amazing shot of like her head leg and the rest of her body like just um, flopping down. right it's, and a, it's like yeah. it's a perfect flop and i think that's like 
this movie gets a little exaggerated in some ways. So that reminder of like the physics of a corpse, I think that's what sort of pushes that, not just like the gruesome craziness of her slicing through her own leg and like sucking and the fucking marrow sucking shit. the bone Ugh. marrow out. It's like Ooh. fucking gross and insane. And then the finish like brings us right back to earth. And I love that. It's like, you know, to use one will it end terminology, like that trap goes to space and then comes right back down immediately. And I don't think any of the other ones had that like return to viscera in the same way. I totally agree. I think that the resolution of that with like the very realistic body effects. And by the way, this is overwhelmingly a practically done yeah. movie, which is wonderful. Um, I'm actually just going to agree with you. That yeah. it, it's, it's obviously the standout trap of the movie. And, and I, Honestly, I think I need to rewatch the series as always, but that's, I think it's got to be in my top five for sheer unforgettability. So. Really brutal. She's great. Whoever that actor she is. Nails she nails it. Just like sick. super good. I think I don't, we typically don't focus on the negatives and I don't need to belabor this, but I would say least favorite trap is definitely the final one. The room of acid smoke. Well, but just because the res- it ends somewhat abruptly yeah. with someone surviving, like in the main antagonist surviving. Which so just with her head out a window and like what's going on with the rest of her body. I don't know. It's yeah. like I that's my big letdown is that I sort of wish the ending had it, we talked about it before, but it's like I expect something from the end and if it's it it changes my expectations, that's fine. But I think this really just was like a I wanted a little more from that final trap. I, I totally agree. I, I still, I love this movie and I yeah. love what it accomplished. Totally. I, I think we're on the same page. Yeah. Um. So we're, we're greeted most valuable death. MVP similarly feels like think... weighted where it's like a little hard to not say jigsaw. Cause it's like, it's the jigsaw movie at this point. Like this is the, this is the Tobin Bell movie. I think the only other argument could be like the main no, it's not. It's bad. I'm not even going to go there. No, it's just Jigsaw. It's in the, and and that's fine. And that's it's better than fine. It's ideal. You have a your first movie about Jigsaw basically, and he fucking knocks it out of the park. Um, one of the funnier bits of trivia I read was that the guy editing uh, the first trap, the eye sucky 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 scene, great trap. His neighbors called the cops, and they're like, "Yeah, there's like screaming coming out of your apartment." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm editing Saw Ten <laughs> at home. That's a remote job now. I'm probably that's cool." I mean, honestly, I'm sure, I'm sure these people have amazing fucking setups, and yeah, you know, if you have a home studio, I'd say maybe use the cans on that edit. No, 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 you need the monitors blasting. You got to get that. You want to hear it with the subwoofer. You want to hear the editing is so fucking fast. I, I feel like editing a horror movie is like a whole other world of like, there's just so many moving parts in that shit. I don't even know how they do it. I mean, they layers. <laughs> Layers. Saw movies have layers. Onion. Um, I want to introduce, since we are returning, sort of, so my, this is a wonderful soft return for Josh to the podcast. Hello. Um, <laughs> it's a me. And since, since you've been gone. Since you've been gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can breathe. There's been a new Shrek movie. There's been a new. Yeah. Uh. Well, I forget. There's a long list of movies that now have sequels that so we, got, I, I we gotta hope, catch up on. I hope that um, the return of Josh is a is a is a please the just, the ROJ please the ROJ is just like uh, before we dive into a new franchise, we have a lot of fucking work to do. We do, and I agree. I, I look forward to sweeping up some of our loose ends. Yeah. I think it's gonna be great. What? But quickly, can you read the name of the actress who played Cecilia, the the, the main villain? Can you just read? Can you this just is, just good. and don't overthink it. Just give me okay your read. Sinov Makudilund. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> she has the fucking the. She got an O. She got the o. o. The slash. I've never seen that. Where is she from? Norway. Actually, Norway. I think actually Norway. Uh, yeah, stored Norway. Stored. Stored. Wait, what's she in? She uh, in like some weird future. Nazi Headhunters, movie? Ragnarok, Fuck. Riviera. I mean, what's this movie that's happening in the trailer? There. The trailer is. I don't know. Uh, this looks like an ad for a video game. It I don't does. think it's related to. Yeah, I don't think this is related. Oh, to that's Battlefield. Sinove no, maybe, maybe she's in it. Is she in Battlefield? I don't know. It struck me that she kind of is like Norwegian. Maybe uh, it's Blood Ride. Blood red. It's like Norwegian. We have Charlize Theron at home. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, blood, 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 <laughs> blood ride looks great. 
Okay, they're on an, it's, it's it's a horror horror vignettes on a on a spooky bus. <laughs> six point four. Six point four. I gotta watch that. Wow. Tonight. All right. Um, what I want to ask you: We've been gone from this franchise for a little while, but maybe in your spare time, you've been dreaming up your own. I mean, you could say no to this. We could even cut this out. But like, no. Do you have a don't do you have a saw it. trap? In mind? Oh, I mean, I, I literally was waiting for this. I knew that we were going to get to this. Oh, great. I don't have one in mind, but I think that what inspired me about Saw X was that first trap where, like, that's what he's yeah. like, this doesn't rise to murder, but I do in, want this guy to lose his eyes. But there's something, there's something so Rube Goldberg y about, well, first off, just the crossed tubes creating the X uh, from the eyes as a Saw X poster yeah. is God tier marketing and a brilliant design decision. Yeah. It looks so cool. It's just so funny that Elon Musk changed the name of Twitter to X the same year that this comes out. And like, God, like, so, so fucking lazy compared to Saw X. Brother man, I don't have a fully formed saw trap, but okay. if I could pick a guy to put in one, that should be. Go on Elon. I go Elon. Yeah, he's, he's the world's most annoying man. I don't think. I don't think <laughs> the most depressing thing about the you know him and Zuckerberg were going to have their weird uh, like MMA fight, and then uh, Elon kept being like, "Ooh, my ba- I have a I Ooh. pulled a muscle." Ooh, <laughs> um, that was actually a, a fucking badass. I'm not a I'm not a Mark Stan, but to be called out and be like threatened with violence by an idiot, and to be like. Sure, when do you want to do it? It's like, oh, fuck, now Elon's got to respond. It it would have been a rare opportunity for, like, just a huge sack of shit to be embarrassed. I think Mark could have wailed his Are you kidding me? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, again, I think Mark Zuckerberg has 1,000% contributed to a worse version of the world. Right. Very much uh, in in line with an Elon Musk, but, like... No, they're uh, both terrible. It's just, like, it's it's just, like, a funny, stupid... Like, that could be its own little saw trap, maybe. Yeah. I think maybe like Celebrity Deathmatch, they got to bring that back, but it's Celebrity like Saw real. Trap. Celebrity Saw Trap. But That's actually, a fucking show. I'd do it. Just MTV, like, do call it. me. Ring, ring. Do you want to give me your number? Uh, no. <laughs> Not doing that. Uh, I think we've covered a lot of good ground here, and uh, I'm stoked to get into uh, uh, the other catch-up. Do, do, do you have a, a Saw Trap? Oh, sorry. I just, the, the two eyes depositing in the little window compartment yeah. is just like Ding. chef's kiss. No, no notes. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, wait. I have notes now that I've watched the most recent episode of Survivor. Uh-huh. Maybe throw in Someone some fish eats eyes. Fish eyes. Yeah, that's, that's, that was wild. <laughs> I think we should talk to donut companies to, like, make those. Make Survivor-themed donuts. Well, Allie was like, eyes. oh, those are donuts. And I was like, oh, they are? Yeah, they're, like, sort of, like, you know. <laughs> they look like, like, um. Big glazed. Like, filled. Like, what is yeah. that? Not cake donuts, but, like, the yeast, area. Yeast one. filled. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Full of yeast. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, like. Put someone to sleep, and I'm just sort of thinking this right now, so it's probably not going to be very good. But you, okay. you put someone to sleep, and then maybe you like, would you like to play a game while you were sleeping? I put a baseless sex toy up your ass. Uh, hmm. But then what? Can you help me out? You got to poop it out or something? Well, no, you have to like, you poop like it. are you too embarrassed to go to the doctor and oh, tell yeah. them what well, could be a funny like, what would it be though? My, my mind. The thing is that because because we are broken men, I just keep sliding into jackass stuff. <laughs> like I just like it just starts veering into like shit I've seen Steve-O do. Yeah, yeah, okay. So like, maybe Steve-O and, and Jigsaw <laughs> could team up. That would actually be really good. It'd be great. I think Steve-O would do. I mean, gods. I mean, those guys. He's got a great idea. They've essentially trained their entire lives to survive a saw trap. That would be fucking sick. It would be jackass sick. meets Jigsaw, and actually the boys. You think. It, there's no one. Jigsaw's, he could capture anyone, and they're going to go down. Captures the the jackass guys? I'd watch that. I mean, you're saying it's sort of like an Abbott and Costello meet series? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they end up in like. Jigsaw meets the jackass maybe guys. Maybe like a remake of two, so they end up in the house, but it's just the jackass guys, and they're just like, oh, I've done, and, I've done Needle Pit before. <laughs> and Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> For remaking to bring back Donnie. Yeah, I don't think I have a the saw fans trap. have spoken. I, I, yeah, I, I don't have one. But maybe next time I'll maybe I'll we'll do our one. homework and get excited for Saw Eleven, which feels I, inevitable. So yeah, I would say for me, tooth violence is a thing. I hate tooth violence. So I think my own personal saw trap. And don't write this down. And I'm just talking to everyone. We're right audio now. writing. Please again. don't write this down. Uh, would have to do with teeth. Like like ripping out your your teeth or something. Has that like been that? done? I've honestly haven't watched. I can't it in remember. So I mean, no, I mean, I, I can see like you've got rusty pair of pliers and he's like right. 
you have to put your teeth in the thing to weigh down the other thing. To I make like that. The- that was a big thing this time of like fulfilling the trap with like removing stuff and putting it somewhere else. <laughs> it's really fun. Like the marrow was done so gross and stupid. It was just so gross and yeah. awesome. Okay, so t- t- in, uh, because this is a reunion episode of sorts, I'm going to close in a classic manner. Well, I have, have to, to. I have to poop. But you have to ask me. Oh, are you asking when will it end? No. Are you asking me? when will Absolutely it end? Absolutely not. Right, I cannot shit. stress enough. I cannot wait for the next 20 years of Saw. Right. This is like such a wonderful way to go into year 20. This is fucking amazing because we opened this. I was like, we're joking about, joking about Jaws 24. That sounds great. And we might actually get to like Saw 30. And, and, and again, that sounds fucking so sick. far, we have not made it to space. We've now made it, uh, well, not overseas, because famously Mexico is attached directly to the United States of America. It is? Right below us. Wow. No sea between us. People um, say they don't learn anything anymore. They, well, fuck you and I learned them. something today. Uh, and so, Mexico's a little bit, the skies are oranger? Yeah, it's orange. Yeah, it's, it's orange all, down there. <laughs> there's a, just like an orange patina over yeah. everything in Mexico. Uh, it's so good to be podcasting with you again, Charles. Thank it's you for having me back. Nice. And everyone, thank you for supporting the show. And, and thank God Charles is doing such amazing work with it. Yeah, I cannot wait God. to be back. Go poop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>